Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Michael. And I'm Shane. Welcome to episode 75, Clash of the Champions 20. The 20th anniversary. The old gang is here. <laughs> er, the old gang is here. The whole, instead of supposed to be like the whole gang is here. I messed up my delivery the first time. But it's the old. The old gang is here. Not yeah. young gang. No. old gang. And we'll talk about all these old fuckers. <laughs> I was glad, to, I was very happy to see them. So this is the 20th Clash produced by the WCW. That's not why it was the 20th anniversary. No, no. It was because it would take place on the 20th anniversary of professional wrestling being shown on the cable network, Turner Broadcasting Systems, TBS. The Superstation. Is this back when it was was the Superstation? Yeah. I mean... Is it the only Superstation? Or was like USA also a Superstation back then? Because Superstation kind of meant a different uh, thing. WGN the Superstation. Oh, okay. That's Chicago, though. Yep. Yeah, that's from Chicago. So this show would take place on September 2nd, 1992 from the Center Stage Theater in Atlanta, Georgia, which is the same exact place that they tape WCW Saturday Night. So that's why through this entire show you see a sign in the background that says WCW. Yeah, yeah. It definitely has like kind of a slight studio vibe. Like not quite not quite like the Saturday morning like you know when there's like five rafters old school style but it still has that that vibe. Which is just fun. Yeah, I was wondering. It it wasn't until I actually went and looked through the notes that because I was looking at it thinking this doesn't look like I mean they had the, the red carpet and whatnot, the stuff happening backstage, but the actual venue itself just looked like a regular Yeah, old it looked like a blah show. Like a 5,000 cap max, maybe small. It was, it was small, if that, yeah, it was small. I mean, and I, half don't, of it I, don't was, have, I don't have a. The old gang and their wives and suits. <laughs> and then the children who, like, live in the area. <laughs> I don't even have a an attendance for this show because. No, I mean, you know, they probably just gave tickets away on the radio. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> But I, for I, one, I would have wanna... loved to be at this show. Look at all these beautiful old guys. I wouldn't know. You know, I'd pay an extra $5 for Gordon Soley to sign something for me. You just want to hear him say Suple. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have him write Suple on my, <laughs> on my arm and then get it tattooed. But since we are in Atlanta, Georgia, that means Shane had to figure had, out some southern had to, had to do it some, to us? something southern for us. Yes. A little, a little something from the south, a little, a little something representing Georgia, a little southern comfort, you might say. Mm. Um, yeah, so the last time we were in Georgia, we had that amazing, awesome, better than the show we reviewed, grilled pimento oh, cheese and fried green tomato sandwich. That was. I mean, that is the all-star of um, our, our food installment so, so far. far. Yeah. I don't know, that crab cake was... Crab cake is good. Very tasty. Well, I don't know, man. Your, yeah. your green un- or green tomato sandwich. Well, you know, at some point we'll have to have a, uh, a best of list, oh, yeah. and we'll have to have them, you know, <laughs> side by side, all oh. all together, so we can choose who the exact best. <laughs> we'll favorite do a, of a the bracket, year. <laughs> yeah. a single elimination tournament. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yes, we are, uh, we're back in Georgia, so I figured I brought food last time, we'll do something beverage-y from, from Georgia this time, since you know WCW loves their, their southern states, uh, Georgia being one of the ones it really, really loves, so we're going to have lots of options coming down the line from, from Georgia, so we'll play it back and forth. But uh, It's going to get to the point where we're just like, well, this week we have a peach. <laughs> we, bought, we bought one peach and we split yeah. it up. I just brought some peach knee high. And oh, we're there just we go. Drink that <laughs> peach knee high and vodka, the official drink of Georgia. But yes, I brought a uh, an adult beverage uh, inspired not only by Georgia, but a movie that was based in Georgia from way back when. Gone with the wind. The Scarlet O'Hara is the name of the drink. Oh, okay. uh, when I typed in, does the... it make you? <laughs> want to fall down the stairs if you drink too many of them. I think if you drink enough, you just (laughs) don't give an F. Give a damn. Was she the one that said that? Or was that him? No, that was Clark Abel. Yeah, that was right. He said, frankly, Scarlet. (laughs) Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But I do kind of give a damn for this this little beverage. It is Southern Comfort with cranberry juice and a little bit of lime juice. Pretty simple. Pretty pretty tasty. Uh, This one has... Simple and tasty. Mm -hmm. This one has not only cranberry juice but i couldn't find just plain cranberry juice at the store i stopped at so i got a cran apple raspberry mixture so this one has why not a little splash of something extra just to southern comfort honestly yeah you can drink it straight it's pretty easy to drink very easily (laughs) but it doesn't look as pretty in these colorful these colorful margarita glasses Yeah, these ones are like plastic margarita glasses for like backyard sloppy use (laughs) Hey. <laughs> just they just they just bounce off and catch it right back up. But yeah, pretty tasty, nice and, and refreshing. If you make one of these and you want the uh, recipe, you'll just have to uh, jump on Twitter and find out. Well, while they're sipping those down, a movie came out to the theaters by the end of the month. Last of the Mohicans. Little Daniel Day Lewis. My bo- my man Michael Mann. My boy Michael Mann. Your man? My man, yeah. Your man, my man, your Michael, man, Michael man, man with two ends. Thoughts of this movie? It's not uh, my favorite Michael Mann, but it's good. It's not my favorite Michael Mann movie. What is your favorite Michael Mann movie? Oh, I mean, the answer is probably Heat, but there's also Collateral and Thief are pretty up there. Collateral is up there for me, definitely. <laughs> Collateral rules. Collateral is... That one was a very, very that was surprising a movie. I think it's movie. a very underappreciated I saw that movie in the theater, and like me and my friends like in high school, we rented it and like watched it a bunch of times, and then I hadn't seen it in forever, and recently I watched... I went through the whole uh, Michael Mann filmography, and I was like... When I got to Collateral, I was like, damn. God damn, this movie's awesome. I see, now I gotta look up and see what all movies he has, because I can't think of him by... I mean, heat, Miami heat, Vice, yeah. Collateral. Miami Vice is a mess, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. But Collateral is uh, like, if of his later is, stuff, Collateral yeah, is where collateral it's at. Is, oh, and of Manhunter? His, yeah. yeah, Manhunter's really good, too. The original fucking... Yeah, man, I really Hannibal do like Manhunter, Manhunter, the first Vaporwave movie. <laughs> it's, got, it's got some weird vibes, but... Uh, the Insider... Last Mohican's very good. Ali... Not... If, it's weird that... That Michael Mann made a period piece. Does like this that. movie get made if Dances with Wolves doesn't do as well as? Oh, is this after Dances with Wolves? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel, I feel like it was. This was a huge hit. This was like a big '90s hit that was like, yeah, like every dad's favorite movie. My dad still talks about this movie sometimes. I just remember like, when it right. came out. All I kept thinking was, 
I don't want it to be nominated for all the awards because it's going to win, and I don't remember who all it was nominated against, but... It didn't win a lot of awards. No. Yeah. But it just had the potential to because I mean, it was That's the kind Daniel Day-Lewis and yeah. Madeline Stowe. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it was early Lewis, too. I mean, the man's made, like, 13 movies. Yeah, Last Mohican's very good, but not not I, I not would, top three Michael Manns. Maybe not. not even top five. I'd have to, like go over his filmography a little bit closer to probably give you a top five but yeah it's a very watchable movie it's it's it feels like just a cable or hbo classic where it was just on tv a lot and nobody has anything really bad to say about it but it's not very many people's favorite movie unless you know you're 62 like my dad (laughs) native americans matt daniel day lewis the where he's not even fully He's not even Native American at all, is he? No. He's just like the adopted son. Avatar. Or yeah. <laughs> it's one of those kind of things. I it's a you, one of you. Yeah. Totally fine movie, but, I mean, just watch Heat twice. And Collateral four times. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, honestly, I'm a big fan of uh, Thief. But oh, Last Mohicans, uh, we all give it a thumbs up. Oh, definitely. Soft Director, thumbs up. Public Enemies, Collateral, definitely. Ali, definitely. The Insider, definitely. Heat, definitely. Manhunter, yes, must. If you're a fan of any of the Silence of the Lambs movies, you need to see the one that started it all before it became, oh, Anthony Hopkins. William Peterson's greatest role? Yes. I've only seen the two, like, Silence of the Lambs movies. Man- can, I've only seen Manhunter and can Silence. Can anyone name another William Peterson film? Because the only thing I ever know he was in CSI. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can picture him in something. Wait, wait, the... was William Peterson the guy that was Hannibal, or was he the actor that was like the the detective? He's the detective. He's the detective. Oh yeah, he's got a weird energy in that movie. He, but I mean, he's a weird looking guy. <laughs> that's why not they in a bad way. Edward Norton. I guess that's why he was on TV. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Michael Mann's a great filmmaker. Last Mohicans, pretty good movie. Cable classic. Speaking of cable classics, fear. Yeah. He was the dad in fear. <laughs> like I know I Shane's going down, going down a Wikipedia on a, hole right on, now. on a deep dive of yeah. William Peterson. He's got IMDb up on one screen. Uh, That's right. And Wikipedia up on the other. He's vlogging his. I'm multitasking. Box. I've been working all day. I'm drinking. Now I'm <laughs> looking over two scripts, and as my friend Alex would say, imdbing. IMDb. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, I don't get the reference. <laughs> Yeah. She's Scottish. We, I may leave the pause in there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely should. But speaking of, <laughs> what was my segue? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh, something about Cable Classics. Oh, yeah, Cable Classics. Speaking of that, uh huh. Clash of the Champions 20. The old gang is here. We open up on an old clip of Gordon Sully and Andre the Giant before the tradition. 20 years on TBS. We get a WCW scrapbook. Oh, I love this scrapbook gimmick. Alright, you guys might not be old enough to remember this. You probably definitely not, but it was very reminiscent of the old All My Children opening. I can even picture that. Yep. That's all I could think of when I saw it, is <laughs> I even started hearing the music playing in, in my brain, because... Yeah. I watched it. But it opens up, and we get footage from throughout the history of WCW, the show before closing up, and the logo for Clash of the Champions comes on the screen. 
Yes, I love, I love the old clips. Yes, I'm here for great. it. It's just this is cool. It's a smart way to do the whole thing. We then go outside the theater, and Tony Schiavone and Missy Hyatt are there, who welcome us to the show. They then introduce Gordon Soli and Andre the Giant. Yes, he's right there in person. Yeah, he's happy to see old friends, and it's kind of sad because Andre, he's wearing like the 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 pirate shirt from Seinfeld, (laughs) (laughs) but he's got the crutches on and he's not looking too hot. But it's good to see him, and it's cool that it's cool to see all these old guys uh, that we're going to see throughout the show. But I was like, ah, I just didn't expect to see Andre really again. Of of all the people, I wasn't expecting him. One of the reasons we watch this show is because of this appearance of Andre the Giant. Because it would be his last TV appearance mm. before his death. Well, I wanted to say goodbye to Andre one more yeah, time. Yeah, totally. And I mean, just for the opening and all all the you know senior class on this show that shows up in this red carpet thing is enough of a reason, honestly, in my opinion, to watch the show. Just because it's just cool and it feels nice and it does have like a big night feel, but without it being like too ridiculous. It just, Agreed. it feels special. Missy would then <laughs> drag Tony away as Ron Simmons and his wife would arrive to walk the red carpet. And his wife, she was looking extra regal. Very, very 1992s, kind of a, a Whitney Houston hairstyle with the uh, uh, above the shoulder hair sprayed everywhere, white and gold. Was it a gown? Was it a jacket? I'm trying it's to the remember. 20, it's a 20 year turnout. Turnout. I think it was maybe a scarf. I don't know. Uh, a shawl. She was looking good. Yeah, she was looking great. She was there with her cha- her champion, the champion, our champion. We see more people arriving in limos, such as Cowboy Bill Watts, uh, Hank Aaron, who worked for TBS at the time. Yeah, yes. I was interested. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, was Hank, a... I figured he worked for TBS or was like an announcer for the baseball. The games. Brains. I also said yeah. matches. It's not called a match yeah. in baseball. I was this confused at first because you know he doesn't play football. So, <laughs> but baseball, TV. Hey, Karen, totally he hit sense. more home runs than Babe Ruth, right? Mm-hmm. He's the home run king. That's yeah. right. Bill Shaw, the president of WCW, Jim Barnett, Bob Dew, both executives for WCW would also show up, and then Bruno Sammartino would show up. The king of New York. Oh, Bruno. Now, I don't remember him ever being in the NWA. I mean, but maybe he was because obviously these shows were on much earlier than I was around. So Yeah, he could have done some territory stuff, but I can't imagine he was ever on top in the South. No. Like, yeah, my dad said something about Haystacks Calhoun recently because my dad remembered as a kid Haystacks Calhoun coming around in Massachusetts and, like, you know, trying to get people excited to go to. A local show or whatever and i was like it's like oh yeah i know the name or whatever and i was like what about bruno san martino he's like oh yeah i remember uh, like that name too like yes, yes, you know really weird. yeah it's bruno san martino not a southern guy haystacks cal how haystacks calhoun that's the second time his name has been mentioned this week because they actually brought it up on monday night raw oh really it's crazy yeah uh nia Jax or Shayna baszler one of them they they were having an argument with each other and they both decided to pull out these old names and old digs from the past and uh, calhoun anybody that's not in their 50s probably has no fucking clue so guys get your youtubes up next week we're doing <laughs> haystacks calhoun watch along 
Sounds like uh, a cartoon character. We'll, we'll ring the cowbell so you know when to hit play. Yosemite Sam and Haystacks <laughs> Calhoun. But we haven't seen Bruno Sammartino since Halloween Havoc 1989, which was episode 34. Yeah. He was the ref for that horrible Halloween Havoc match that we watched. So this is me with my fingers crossed. You're going to have to be more specific. Spoiler alert, the next episode Halloween is Halloween Havoc. Havoc and I need a good Muda Halloween Flair Havoc. versus Sting. Or uh, Muda Funk versus Sting Flair. Which on paper yeah. sounds, sounds amazing. Yes. That one sucks. But that's the yeah. thing about wrestling sometimes. Sting then arrives on a Harley Davidson. And Missy looks like she's about to have an orgasm. Oh, come on. That's a little... She she's wasn't the only one. Hot to trot, Matt. Let's keep it classy. Hey, she wanted to ride on the back of his his, uh, his motorcycle. And I mean... I wanted to kick her ass out of the way so I could have a ride on the back of it. Cause yeah, can I get in the sidecar? <laughs> sexy, Harley, leather daddy sting going on yeah. here. God, I love pre-crow sting. <laughs> you know you love the... Oh. Uh, I don't like the goatee. Soul like patch. the transition oh. to crowsting, even that was very attractive because that's when the the hair was going from bleach to oh, yeah. normal brown. And yeah. I don't know. Give me a give me a You'll give see. me a buzz a buzz cut on a big buff boy. No fans of Joker sting. I Joker honestly sting? didn't watch too much of that in TNA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Hopefully we'll never get there. Yeah, we, will. <laughs> we will. someday. I mean, I hope we do. I'd, I'd hate for it to end when WCW dies. <sighs> Sorry, spoiler. We then go inside the building. Teddy Long's there with Bill Watts, Dusty Rhodes, and Atlanta City Councilman Rob Pitts. <laughs> and Pitts delivers a proclamation that September 2nd is WCW Day in Atlanta. So that's like, what, Tuesday here? Like next Tuesday? Wednesday. Next Wednesday? Yep. All right. Well, you know. Uh, a few weeks ago. Whenever you, whenever you hear it, but I mean, you know. Yeah. I'm going to break kayfabe and, uh, you know. Happy! I'll send you guys a happy WCW uh, day text <laughs> message because that's yeah. probably all it's good for at this point in time. Follow us on on, on the the Twitter machine and for all your happy we'll, we'll WCW, all kinds of WCW day messages. Dusty then says, "We're gonna get funky like a chicken." Oh no, he does not say that. <laughs> like a monkey, funky like a monkey, baby, daddy, all night long. Actually, I couldn't understand what, what he said. He said so. he said monkey. Did he, he say monkey? Said. Yeah, of course he said monkey. I don't know. It's in my notes. My notes say monkey. I didn't write. What if he just wrote, funky like a chicken is up? Dusty and Teddy Long and other le- 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 other legends behind them. Closed captioning said indistinct. <laughs> oh, that's because he got that beautiful lift. Teddy then pulls in the masked assassin, who we haven't seen since Starcade nineteen eighty three, episode one. He was the very first person we ever talked about on this show. Yeah. Masked Assassin is Jody Hamilton, who is the director of the power plant for WCW. Oh, okay. And he teamed up with Masked Assassin 2, who turned into Hercules, Hercules. slash Super Invader. You know what's we'll cr- crazy to me? Teddy also pulls in Thunderbolt Patterson, who we've never seen before, and Magnum TA, which we all love. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love me some Magnum. We then go to Jim Ross and Jesse the Body Ventura at the announce table. And Ventura lets us know that he was still in the Navy when wrestling started on TBS. And little known fact, he starred in The Predator in 1987. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> they tell us that there's going to be three championship matches tonight, but one may be in jeopardy. And Jesse is going to find out why that is. Get to the bottom of it, Jesse. I mean, it's Clash of the Champions. We need 
at least three title defenses. Yes. So, yeah. Hurry, hurry up, Jess. JR then tells us that you can call in and vote to rescind the off-the-top rope rule. Do it. Oh, yeah. Did either of you grab your phone to make a call to the uh-huh, past? Uh-huh, and then I blurred out the phone number. What I did not, but I, I said the phone number along with them because I could remember it clear as day. <laughs> oh, really? one 909 9900 Inactive, do not call. Gosh, you're really earning your paycheck. Hey. It was... It was the 90s, I mean, and yeah. their number was 909 9900 And it was 99 cents. Yeah. A second. WCW needed that money. <laughs> so we're headed off to our first match. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus stunning Steve Austin with Paul E. Dangerously for the WCW World Television Championship. And, you know, this is the kind of match that should start... All shows. Every show, yeah. and I mean, like you can't get it all the time, but I uh, popped before. I popped as soon as I heard it. Gary Michael Capetta then announces eleven-year-old Megan Sheehan from Tulsa, Oklahoma, represent to mm-hmm. sing the national anthem. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Uh, uh, Johnny B. Bad brings her to the ring, right? Exactly. I mean, nerves kind of got her at the very beginning. But she turned in a pretty good performance by That's the good. end. I've seen worse ones by adults. Yes, uh, I've seen worse <laughs> ones by people who are actually known as a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, for people singing. that are, have professional careers in music. Yeah. Anybody though, ever heard the Fergie one? <laughs> I have it was There's funny to that YouTube. Paul E. was just like, uh, fuck USA, and kept giving instructions to oh, the genius, the, the genius, time. The genius of Paul E. Like, everyone's here for this, like cute little girl singing the song and Polly's just like and they're making sure to catch it on camera just like giving Steve Austin notes in his ears and it is that's what I want out of wrestling that's the kind of shit I want to see but just to let you guys know about Megan Sheehan she actually did release a country album oh. in 2012 wow when she was she was probably pretty old I not mean, old but she you know she'd been 31 years. at that point I guess, yeah. I guess, yeah, 31. So. Yeah, 20 years. Hmm. Good for Have her. we listened to it? Driving down that old highway You pull over for a mangy straight You're gonna make me love you For Megan, because I think her performance was so good. I'm gonna, when I go to sleep, I'm going to put my phone on, find her album on Spotify, put it on repeat, and let it play the whole night while I sleep. Maybe she can get some a few pennies. From Spotify that way. There you go. So, you know, help, help Megan out. So this match, there are no disqualifications. And Dangerously will be in the infamous Cornet Shark Cage okay. over ringside. Yes. And I was nervous because I was like, oh man, he still has his phone. They put him in the cage with the phone. He's going to throw the fucking phone down. And I was immediately upset when the match started. I was like, but you're telling me. Like I see it. Like I was, I was nervous the whole time that the phone was gonna come down and like, because it's no DQ too. I was like, man. <laughs> see, my first thought was 1992 frat boy Vince Russo is hard somewhere watching this show. <laughs> you just wait till the end. <laughs> Good old Doug Dillinger has to wrestle Paul E into the cage, but once in there, dangerously, like throwing a fit. Yeah. You knew you were gonna be in there, but I mean, he wouldn't be Paul E if he didn't throw a fit. Exactly. So. So we see Ricky's ribs are taped up as a couple were broken during the match that we covered a few weeks ago with the Miracle Violence Connection during Great American Bash. 
So, of course, what is Austin going to do? Work them goddamn ribs. He's going to work those ribs. ribs. Mm -hmm. But Steamboat fires back with chops, hip toss, and into a headlock, which Stunning Steve escapes multiple times just to be put right back into it. The dragon climbs up to the second rope, only for Austin to slam him to the mat. Ribs first, rips the protective wrap off, and follows with a gut buster for multiple two counts. Ricky fights back with chops and goes for a slam, but the ribs are hurting too much, allowing Stunning Steve to hit a clothesline and apply an ab stretch, which Steamboat escapes by making it to the ropes. The dragon's tossed to the corner, but he leaps up and off with a crossbody, only for Austin to roll through for a near fall. You can't be doing crossbodies if you got hurt ribs, Ricky. Come on. Yeah. He's gonna roll you up. Come on. <laughs> Stunning Steve goes for a drop kick, which Ricky avoids, and then catapults Austin into the turnbuckles for a two count. I was kind of surprised to see him swat that drop kick away. I'm, I'm not used to seeing Steamboat do that, or maybe yeah. I am and I forgot. But. I mean, it's it's cool. It wasn't the best angle, but like I like the like you know step back but still swat the feet of. It's fun. I would not mind seeing that used more often. Stunning Steve recovers to take the steamboat down with a double leg takedown and attempts a leverage pin for a two count. The dragon then goes for a tombstone pile driver, only for Austin to reverse. But then Ricky reverses it back to finally hit it for the pin. And the no, no Steve kicks out. Sorry, buddy. Stunning Steve then yanks Steamboat into the turnbuckle. Cradling, using the tights for the pin, and the... No! The dragon kicks out! Austin sets Ricky up on the top rope and climbs up to attempt a superplex. But Steamboat blocks and pushes Stunning Steve off to the mat. Comes flying off with a karate chop, only for Austin to catch him in the ribs on his way down. No good. Following up with an inside cradle for a near fall. Very close. The dragon ducks a back elbow, comes off the ropes with a jumping shoulder block for a two count. Stunning Steve recovers to toss Ricky over the ropes. But well, you know what he's going to do here, right? But Steamboat holds on and skins, skins that the cat, cat to come back into the ring, only for Austin to immediately hit him with a clothesline to send him out to the floor. And then Steamboat gets kind of cheeky here. A little bit. So the dragon's down on the floor. And he then goes underneath the ring. All of a sudden, he's on the other side behind Austin. Climbs up to the top rope. Coming off with a flying crossbody. For the pin. And, and the win. win. And new! Super cute finish. No DQ. Steamboat got cute. I like it. It was fun. It was quick. And also the crossbody, it's like, oh yeah, his ribs were hurt. He fucked up earlier and did it and almost threw the match early. And now he's like catches them from behind, uses that babyface brain, which we all know that heels are smarter than faces. So it's like, you know, it's cool when the babyface has a brain. As the show goes to commercial, we get more scrapbook highlights, which it does every time it goes to commercial. I could watch, yeah, they do it. And there's a lot of commercials because this is on TBS. It's yes. not a pay-per-view. But I could watch like a 30-minute cut of just like just the scrapbook the stuff. Yeah, it's so fun. It's so good. It's so much footage that we haven't seen uh, of guys like the or the Flair stuff they show. He's just so young and 
some of that stuff looks like it was like from the 1920s, but it was probably from like 1978 because <laughs> just the like, camera, just technology, you know. Yeah. When it comes back from commercial, Jr. and Jesse then throw it to a retrospective video about the great tag teams over the past 20 years. Like I said, give me all the clips. We see highlights of the Assassins, the Briscoes, the Fabulous Freebirds, Road Warriors, and the Rock and Roll Express. And that's our Terry, Tor- Terry Gordy Birds, too. Yes. We then get an ad for Halloween Havoc. Spin the wheel, make the deal. 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 Yeah, like Medusa's doing some creepy shit and like crawls into like the grossest place like to the sewer and it's so good do you know how many years it took to get that saying out of my head well because you saw how many times they showed the commercial on this one show yeah they showed the commercial all the time you just wait for halloween havoc 1992 jesse is then with arn anderson bobby eaton and michael p.s hayes and I guess Hayes is now the manager for Anderson and Eaton? Sure. That's what it seems like, at least. This match, maybe, yeah. Something. For now? They've apparently acquired his services, or something like that, or Polly did, or I don't even know how the hell it worked. So we're off to our second match. Greg the Hammer Valentine and Dirty Dick Slater with Larry Zabisco. Why not? You know Larry Zabisco can talk. (laughs) <laughs> versus the enforcer Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby Eaton with Michael P.S. Hayes. I was already kind of excited just about this combination. Arn and Bobby? Come on. Why not? Arn we haven't seen a lot of Slater, but we are high on Valentine. Well, speaking of Slater, the last time we saw him was Great American Bash 1991, which was episode 57. When he came out to keep Missy Hyatt from going into the ring for that intergender match, that was super dumb. And right. they were just that like, oh, him. we can do, you're, you're better than that, Dick Slater. You deserve a little more. Let's put you on the TV. And Zabisco has his arm in a cast. I have no clue why. I assume he... I thought he was the cruncher, not the crunchy. Maybe he got crunched. Broke it at some point. Mm, yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's fake and, you know. Maybe he's going to use it later. Cause... Trying to remember, was it a something that happened with him leaving the Dangerous Alliance? Did he get maybe that's down? what it was when he got beat? I thought he just left. I didn't know if they beat him down. But wouldn't it have made more sense if he they, was the one that had lost the war games with the arm thing, and that's why his arm was in? It? Yeah, or maybe like he turned on them, and then they all ganged up on him and slammed his arm in like the cage door. But that was a while ago, I guess. So his arm still wouldn't be broken by now. And if it was, then we wouldn't have done it. still wearing a hat on his <laughs> hand. We'll get to that. At this yeah. point, it's... So the match gets going with Arn sending Valentine to the ropes, where he cheap shots him from the apron as the match gets going, which brings Slater in to clear the ring with elbows. It gets turned around with the other team doing the cheap shot thing as well, which brings beautiful Bobby in to clear the ring. Things finally settle down. And Eaton gets caught in the wrong corner as Dirty Dick hits a swinging netbreaker and a Russian leg sweep. Goes for the leverage pin, but Bobby kicks out. Anderson's in to start working on Slater's arm, but Dick fights back, bringing the hammer into suplex double A for a two count. Arn gets stuck in his opponent's corner, and Slater slams Anderson's leg across the apron of the ring, 
only for Eaton to come running around ringside to fight off Dirty Dick. While that's happening, Valentine applies the figure four to double A in the middle of the ring. No! But beautiful Bobby sees it and runs in with an elbow drop to make the save. It's a good teammate. Who's the heels here? They're both heels. I know, that's, that's, that's why I just wanted to point that out. It's kind of a rhetorical question, but I just, we had to say it. They're both heels. We don't see a lot of that. Yeah, I was trying to remember that too because the last time I remembered seeing Zabisco was when, you know, at War Games where he was breaking away or almost breaking away from the Dangerous Alliance and they were heels, so I was yeah. thinking that made him face. And last these time are we saw. Weird six names to be like, it makes sense that they're all like in, a, in tag matches and they're all great workers, but it was just like. All right, like, what's going on here? We got six yeah. <laughs> guys, like, who's the face, who's the heel? And then I realized that they were both heels, and I was like, cool, I like this. I like matches where face and heel doesn't matter if you're a good guy or a bad guy. Like, it's a sport, and you just have to win. So, like, I'm always happy to see that when it's not, you know, pointed out. So, like, who's the bad guy here? Yeah. Like, or there's, like, a face turn or something. But this is just a wrestling match. Which is all I want at a wrestling. Arn then tosses the hammer to the ropes and delivers a spine buster. The Slater makes the save. Everybody's brawling with, with Dick sending Eaton out to the floor and looks to work a double team with Valentine holding Anderson. But the ref holds him off, forcing him back to the corner. So instead, the hammer presents double A to Zabisco, who's up on the apron, only for Arn to duck and Valentine gets nailed. Oh, Poor it. Valentine. Fuck the man does not need any more blows to the face. Right? Anderson then knocks Dirty Dick out to the floor while Beautiful Bobby comes off the second rope with the Alabama Jam. Hell yeah. Double A makes the cover for the pin and, and the win. win. Did he come off the second rope or the top rope? He came off the second rope. Okay, I thought so. Because the top rope rule is still in effect. We're working on that. We're working on it. There's Call the 800 number, guys. What was the number? 900 number. 900, sorry. Yeah. 1-900-909-9900. Number no longer in operation. (laughs) Kids under 18, get your parents' permission before attempting to call. Wrestling History X is not (laughs) responsible. Plug us later. (laughs) (laughs) We're not responsible for any charges on on your bill. Or the angry person that may answer the number because everybody's deciding to call. Yeah, poor Greg Valentine. He just nah. I was I've been so happy to see him on the last few shows. And then this one he just He, he had back, to get gimmicked. He was back to old Greg. Take the gimmick to the face. I mean he still getting, was getting good. smacked around. But this was a long match or anything. He uh, it was fun to see this some heel versus heel shit. He was looking a little rough again in this one. The I guess the new is worn off, so the the cameras aren't glowing on him, or the lights aren't glowing on him the way they were when he first uh, broke in. But it made me wonder, though, is he the pretty one of him and Slater? I mean, if beautiful Bobby's the beautiful one, is Greg Valentine the handsome one of the team? That's one You can also even say it's like, Bobby looks a little bit better here. I think he's got a little bit nicer of a haircut. But Take Michael P.S. Hayes out of these six guys. Is Arn Anderson the prettiest of the five of them? I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Bobby's potentially the best boyfriend, <laughs> but like, but but that doesn't mean that he's the best looking. We then go to Jr. and he's with Bruno Sammartino, and Bruno says he's thrilled to be there and sees the wrestling that he knows and loves here in WCW. Hell yeah, dude! What I've been seeing for the past ten years with that other league is a total embarrassment. Oh man, I love the shade. I was just like, 
He did not just throw shade. <laughs> that kind of shade. He was like, he was the guy. Yeah. In all of the that all of that part of the country. But then he became this guy after he left that that company though, where all he does is bitch and moan about eh, it's fine. about them and yeah, they changed, but you got too old, so unfortunately back then they didn't hold people on until they were in their sixties making them get into the ring. You just you gotta he, let it go, Bruno. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know. Different kind of different kind of wrestling at the time. So he's he, but this is more on par with the kind of wrestling that he was doing. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like he was he was he, it's not like he was on top in Memphis or something. Yeah, I mean he headlined Madison Square Garden over and over Plenty and over and over again. But yeah, he didn't have quite that Hogan character. Well, I mean that wasn't the way it was. That's all yeah. created by the Mac Man V two. So we then go to the VIP room, and Teddy Long's there, has Gordon Soley and Andre the Giant standing next to him, before he turns to bring in Bullet Bob Armstrong. Bullet Bob. And Bob says, I've had the pleasure to wrestle on the very first card on TBS, and now all of my sons have wrestled on TBS as well. Long then brings in Thunderbolt Patterson, and he's so happy to be there. He's like the happiest man ever. His promo is nice. I remember being like, oh, this was genuine. Teddy then sends us to an interview via satellite to Hawaii with Mr. Wrestling 2. Who's living his best old man life? So cool. Mr. Wrestling 2 is a NWA professional wrestling and WCW Hall of Famer. And you know what he tells us? What does he tell us? If you want to watch real wrestling, you got to watch WCW. <laughs> Company shill. I mean, have you seen my attire this evening? (laughs) (laughs) JR and Jesse then throw it to a video of Ted Turner. That's always good to watch. And he basically pats himself on the back for bringing wrestling to his network. And it will be one of the longest running programs uh, since he's been the god of television. He doesn't, of course, say that about himself. But he also does the same thing all these other wonderful men have done. And says that he's glad to see it going back to the traditional style. Or a traditional style. As long as it makes him money, he doesn't care. Yeah, what we'll see how long. I mean, yeah, we'll figure that out later. But see how you long know. he cares about that traditional style. You got it. He's here to take take angles. It then comes back to Ross and Ventura, and they hope to find out what is going on with the light heavyweight title. Maybe oh we'll God. find out after the commercial break. What is the problem? Um, um, There's a great deal of controversy. Yeah. Insert scrapbooks. Exactly. All my children of wrestling. <laughs> Mama Tony- Cornette. Tony Schiavone's then in the VIP lounge with Cowboy Bill Watts. And he lets us know that Brad Armstrong, the current light heavyweight champion, as he had won the belt from Scotty Flamingo at a house show a couple months prior. Did is, Flamingo... Because Flamingo beat Pillman. Yeah, Pillman, yeah, but we're, I was expecting Flamingo to still have the title. And and now Brad Armstrong has beaten him. Yeah. So. yeah. Why don't we watch that clash? It was at a house show. It wasn't on TV. I, I, I know. Uh, like, we need to watch Flamingo lose the belt. Exactly. But Armstrong is injured after recently wrestling the Great Muda in Japan. I'll allow it. Watson says that since the belt hasn't been defended in over five weeks, the title would be vacated and a tournament will be held soon to determine a new champion. Z-Man, Z-Man. You guys want to take a guess when that tournament would be held? Saturday night? Yes. Oh. I don't know, yesterday? 1996. What? So this is the end of the light heavyweight title until 96? This is the last... Come on. The light heavyweight title is 
dissolved, and the next time we see anything, will be it will be considered the cruiserweight champion. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's Bill Watts, and he doesn't he's, give a fuck about the cruiserweights. But or light heavyweights. Well, this is upsetting. Ventura is then consoling Brad Armstrong, and Brad says, "I'm upset that I'm injured. Feel like I've let down my family. I mean." Your dad's there to see you wrestle. Yeah. How many times has your dad ever got to see you defend a championship? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you kind of did, buddy. Brian Pillman then comes walking out. Oh, my gosh. He is. And he says, it's very disappointing. The situation is a total disgrace. My fans are upset. Millions of fans. That we had to watch this piece of garbage. Oh, my God. Hobble out here and declare that he's scared. That he's a coward. And then he calls Armstrong scum and slaps him. He also tells him that his dad is disappointed, (laughs) which is like even worse than all the other things. It's like, come on, man. And I was all like, yay, heel turn. (laughs) It was, I mean, it's a beautiful heel turn. It's like, and we saw a touch of this with the Z-Man, but like Pillman is like cranked it up since those interactions. Oh, yes. It's pretty good. This is when... And by pretty good, I mean it's really good. This is when the fun of Pillman really begins, because, you know... He's such a good baby face, We've loved him this far. He's a great baby face. Yeah. But, like, his, like, his heel energy is scary. Yeah. It's, like, legitimately, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and then I just like how... And the way that he, Brad tells it. He's just like, what is this energy you're bringing towards oh, yeah. me? That's what I was going to say. His his words were basically, man, 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 brother, man, brother, mother, brother, man, man, brother, man. But it doesn't... That's it all feels, he said. But it still feels like he's being bombarded. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like he's just, like, going through much. He's like, he's like hey, man, chill I mean, it's out. Basically like it's he's like, like, it's good. Well, I, I don't understand where this weird energy is coming from. Yeah, it legitimately feels like, you know, when you see somebody freak out on somebody in public out of nowhere, and you're like, this guy is co- totally was totally not ready for that. I wonder if they told Pillman... Go out there and you know, yeah. You were supposed to go out there and cut this nice happy thing about how you know <laughs> it's okay, buddy. We'll do this next time. And no, go out there and just beat the shit out of him, degrade him, tell him his dad is disappointed. <laughs> oh my god. Jr. then throws it to another retrospective video, this time full of singles competitors, and we see highlights of Dusty, Stan Hansen, Ron Garvin, Tony Atlas, yeah, we never Magnum T.A., Atlas. Buzz Sawyer. Mr. Wrestling 2, The Great Kabuki, Ted DiBiase, Cowboy Bill Watts, Wahoo McDaniel. Who broke Wahoo's leg? The Masked Superstar, Jimmy Valiant, King Kong Bundy. Oh, Jimmy Boogie Woogie Valiant. The Spoiler. I don't know who that is. I don't know who the Spoiler is. That was the only one I was like, I don't know who that is. The Iron Sheik, Tully Blanchard, Ric Flair, Terry Funk, Tommy Rich, and Roddy Piper. Why the fuck they have to throw but, Tommy Rich in there? <laughs> Tommy Rich looked good. He's here. a former he NWA yeah. champion, oh, sir. I, I was fine with Tommy Rich. I just, you know, we haven't watched great Tommy Rich. We didn't see him in his prime. No, we got to see old boring ass. We'll leave Tommy. Yeah. We've dug into him enough. Wildfire. Yeah. We then get to see the ad for Halloween Havoc again. Spin the wheel. Make, Make the, the deal. deal. JR and Jesse then send it to a video package of Ron Simmons. And it shows Ron working out, playing some football, wrestling, including winning the championship. And this, uh, some of this promo is what we saw, I remember raving about it shows ago, where it was like, oh, like when they started to kind of 
felt like they were pushing him, but like he obviously, I was assuming this was when his title run was going to happen, and it didn't. But they used some of that package again because I still think that that package is incredible, and they used a good amount of it in this. It's cut down, but it's a lot of the same footage, and it looks great. So we're headed off to the third match: Cactus Jack versus Ron Simmons for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. I love new gear, and I love Ron Simmons' black and gold gear. Looks good. The two men with some mat wrestling to get us going until Jack delivers a running headbutt. Cactus Jack throws Simmons out to the floor, but Ron is up to his feet immediately, which stops Jack from doing any more damage. Back in the ring, Cactus Jack begins to bite and claw at Ron's face, only for Simmons to run Jack into the turnbuckle. Ron charges in, but eats a big boot, followed by a Jack clothesline to send both men over the ropes to the floor. And that big boot is like, is that the highest Cactus ever lifted his leg? It was incredible. <laughs> it was like a standing split. It blew my mind. I had to rewind it a couple times. Cactus Jack continues the attack with a swinging neckbreaker on the floor, head slam on the apron, both roll back in, and Jack sets up for the double-arm DDT. No. But Simmons backs him into the corner to escape. Ron then charges in, only to receive another big boot and a clothesline. Cactus Jack with multiple short-arm clotheslines to get a two-count. A headbutt battle breaks out, which Simmons wins, climbs up to the second rope, coming off with a faceplant for a two-count. I popped for the headbutt fight, but you knew that I would. Ron then hits multiple three-point stances for near falls. A really bad-looking backdrop and a clothesline, but Jack pulls Simmons out of the ring by his tights. Can you get a good backdrop off of old CJ? (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) I mean, come on, we can't blame that one on Ron. Jack goes out to body slam Ron and follows with an elbow drop off the apron, but Simmons is right back up and into the ring. Ron then reverses an Irish whip, Hits a spine buster and a power slam for the pin and, and the win. win. It was like they had a 12-minute match planned out, and then right before they went out, they were like, uh, you only have seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like Ron gets hit with that elbow drop off the apron, and then he just stands up and goes inside and hits the spine buster and power slam. And yeah, it's like, yeah. all right, we're done. I like Cactus Jack's new spot in the company where he's just – everyone's like first defense for the heavyweight title it's like oh yeah just have a match with cactus jack like just throw him in here like it'll be fun he bumps for you yeah it's like he bumps for you he'll make you look good like and we can make it a gimmick thing we can make it not a gimmick thing he'll lay down for you without any like lame backstage politics like we got this he'll do he'll he'll rake your face and look like the bad guy like you know what i mean jr and jesse then send us to highlights from the g1 climax which we covered two weeks ago. I guess they showed some of the matches on episodes of WCW Saturday Night. Yeah, I thought that was point. cool that they did yes. that. I was like, oh, like, hell yeah. Like, that's cool that it's not just a thing where we're like, yeah, like, we can went over here and we talked about it on the show. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's nice to know that they were, were talking about this and actually doing the, the teammate thing of being like, hey, let's hook up. Yeah. They then show an interview with Rick Rude and he challenges Masahiro Chono to a rematch for the NWA World's Championship. Here for it. JR is then joined by Cactus Jack and the Barbarian. And Jack says, Simmons was the better man tonight, but I found a man who could. 
I told Dan Spivey to stay home. Who? I figured you would cheer Dan I was Spivey to stay home. Oh, well, yeah, okay, sorry. I was just, you said his name and it was a gut reaction. Okay. <laughs> but I've got a man on our side who knows Ron better than anyone. Mm-hmm. He's the Barbarian's new tag team partner, Butch, Butch Reed. Reed. That's cool. That's fun. I, I was like, all right, I like this little angle. Going back a little bit in Rick Rude's promo, it didn't really make sense in what he was saying, but he said second verse, same as the first, and I was like, is but Rick... Lost. Is, yeah, yeah, but I was like, is Rick Rude a Ramones fan? And I popped for that because <laughs> I'm a Ramones fan, and you know... <laughs> Everyone out there that's ever listened to the Ramones, we all know second verse, same as the first. We then go to our fourth match. The Barbarian and Butch Reed versus The Natural, Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. Remember when Butch Reed was The Natural? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Remember when he was Hacksaw? I think mm-hmm. they refer to that again. I think they this did. This one. Uh, I think, a, I think Jim Hacksaw Butch Reed's a cool name. Yeah. Hacksaw sounds a whole lot better. The Natural, Butch Reed just... Especially for Especially considering he's not particularly a natural. Like Dustin yeah. Rhodes, it's like, oh, we've we've yeah. your dad's put enough Dusty. praise on Dustin yeah. Rhodes. Yeah. We know you're, we know the deal. Dad, you're bound to be a natural. Your dad is Dusty Rhodes. But Cactus, Reed, I don't know who your dad is. Cactus Jack is joining commentary for this uh, match. His dad is Mr. Reed. Yeah, Cactus Jack on commentary, I was like, hmm, this will be fun. He does that little, little his like squealy pig voice. Yep. And you know I love that. It's good. If, if I could get a, a cameo for Mick Foley, I just want him to send me a link that I can download as a, a ringtone. Oh, that's your way. You'll school. always hear it. Yep. <laughs> Rhodes starts on Barbarian, but can't take him down with multiple shoulder tackles. But a sunset flip and a lariat by Wyndham does the trick, followed by stereo drop kicks on both Barbarian and Reed to knock them to the floor. What's that? You start a little tag match? Come on. Barbarian goes low on Barry, attempts a press slam, only for Wyndham to slip out and roll him up for a two count. Butch and Dustin are both in, with Reed charging into a big boot. The natural then charges in, only for Butch to move, sending Rhodes flying to the outside. Back in the ring, Reed and Barbarian with a double clothesline and begin to work over the natural's back with a backbreaker, guillotines on the ropes, clubbing forearms, axe handles... Swinging neck breaker, clothesline, a power slam into a turnbuckle. Getting beat up, man. Body slam, elbow drop. Come on. Second rope, axe handles. Come on. They unloaded the the arsenal. Yes, and when Dustin, like, before that laundry list of, like, ass kicking, Dustin's bump to the floor is pretty gnarly. He really goes for it, and I was, like, legitimately afraid when he... Like, because you can see him go over, and then you can hear the splat, and you're like, "Ugh, Jesus!" Because we don't have any uh, mats out here. No, it's no. concrete, baby. I don't know if it's we can't afford mats, or you know, we're just badass. Yeah, it just it looks more better. Badass. Yeah, I know it's I know they're more badass. You get a better concussion when you have no mats. Mm-hmm. Road starts firing up with elbows. Butch goes for a pile driver, but Dustin reverses it into a back body drop, and then the two men both hit clotheslines. For a double KO. The natural begins crawling to his corner for the hot tag. Windham in with fists of fire, back body drop on Barbarian, knocks Reed off the apron, drop kick to Barbarian, Lariat to Butch, running Lariat to Barbarian, and sets him up on the top rope and delivers a superplex. But instead of making the cover, 
Barry realizes that Reed is on the top rope. Oh my so God. he goes and press slams him off. Come on. Rhodes and Wyndham then with a double drop kick to send Butch out to the floor. But Barbarian has recovered and hits a kick of fear to Barry for the pin and, and the win. The kick of fear? The kick of fear, really? That was what it was called. Yeah, uh, it's a bad name, but whatever. It's fitting, I guess. It was weird to me. It's like, Dustin, Dustin's your hot tag guy. Sorry, Barry, but Dustin's the hot tag guy now. But Dustin's also going to sell better and bump better. So, like, I get it. But I love a Dustin Rhodes hot tag. I love a Dustin Rhodes hot tag. I love a Dustin Rhodes in most matches, but I could not get into this fucking match. Just... There was, there was too much on the Barbarian-Butch-Reed side that just made me not want to watch. You needed that for them to win, though. I mean, here's the thing. Did anyone actually, like, su- most surprising thing of the entire show. Barbarian and butch Rhodes and Wyndham, who were just in a <laughs> tag team championship final, like, yeah. what, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Are losing to a team of Barbarian and Butch Reed. Here's my here's okay some uh, some some uh, what do you call it back backyard quarterbacking what was that backseat driver backseat driver uh, armchair quarterback there we go armchair <laughs> maybe they know they're about to lose the hottest tag team of the nineties and they're like all right well we got to spice it up a little bit these guys can take a loss here with no title right, heat up shit together, heat up somebody else good. maybe. Or, I mean, I'm sure you have the answer. They're heating up Barbarian and Butch Reed. To yeah, face for Ron Simmons. For Ron Simmons. Yeah, which I mean, it's because awesome. if they if they're losing to Rhodes and Wyndham, then they're, they're not going to be. Ron then Simmons. they're not. Obviously, they shouldn't be in the yeah. World and this was a, I thought this was a totally fine loss. This match is fine. It's eight minutes. It's eight minutes tag tag match. I mean, the match is thing. fine, yeah. but just some of the logic behind it is yeah. a little off. But I mean. Boring. Dustin did really get his <laughs> fucking dick kicked in. Yeah, it's it's for the most part boring. At least it was for me because I instantly get bored with Barbarian and Butch Reed. But yeah, Dustin you leave did half awesome. of Doom alone. Hey, I'll I'll take the the top half of Doom. I guess. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I definitely the top <laughs> half of Doom. Hell, you give me you give me Ron Simmons and and Teddy Long, and I'm happy. You yeah. know, old Butch Reed can just kick rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I need a Doom reunion in 2020. Maybe I'll watch United States Wrestling again. <laughs> Matt just got mad. <laughs> JR is then joined by Cactus Jack Barbarian and Butch Reed again. That's what everybody wants. And Jack warns Ron Simmons to have eyes in the back of his head. Because if the left one don't get you, the right one will. Bang, bang! Yes. JR and Jesse How's he going to grow eyes in the back of his head? I guess, you know, maybe that's on... The wheel. Maybe that's on the wheel. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. Yeah, make the deal. <laughs> JR and Jesse then send it to a video package about the next match. And we see Shivani narration over photos of the eight men in the match. Highlights of different matches, including Vader injuring and then beating Sting for the world title. And Jake Roberts showing up to dismantle the Stinger as well. Sting has words for the snake. Uh, Nikita Nikolov and Rick Rude are brawling back and into the dressing room where other heels join in in attacking Nikita. And then we see the Steiners in Japan defeating Kijimuto, which is the great great Muto. So we then get our fifth match. Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts, Big Van Vader, and Super Invader with Medusa and Harley Race. 
versus Sting, Nikita Koloff, and the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott. Look at all this fucking big, beautiful talent, right? In an eight-man elimination match. Welcome to WCW's Survivor Series. I know, but I mean, well, I won't bury the lead, but I will bury the lead. It felt like a Survivor Series match? Yeah, but I liked it. Uh, and see, I <laughs> I like some of it. <laughs> I'm not putting it match of the year or anything, but, you know, we're, we're about to talk about it. So Rick starts off strong on Vader, only to charge into a big boot, receive a short arm clothesline, a corner splash, and another clothesline. But out of nowhere, Steiner hits a belly-to-belly to force Vader to retreat to the outside. <sighs> Nikita and Super Invader both tag in, with neither getting advantage, until Koloff no-sells, some shoulder blocks, and hits a crossbody for a two-count. Rude and Nikita go at it for a moment until Scott is tagged in, applying a double chicken wing, but the ravishing one is still able to make a tag to escape. Super Vader is back in, tossing Scott to the ropes, but ducks his head and receives a tiger driver and an overhead belly-to-belly for his mistake. That fucking overhead belly-to-belly. Yeah, that was... I've got that written down on Nasty. Nasty. Steiner then goes for the Frankensteiner, but a blind tag to Rude stops the momentum with a swinging neckbreaker. Roberts is in with some classic jabs, and Vader continues the attack on Scott with some stiff shots in the corner. Irish whips Steiner to the ropes that ends up knocking the snake to the floor and follows up with a clothesline. Rude with double throat thrusts, but Scott reverses an Irish whip to hit a tilt-a-whirl slam, allowing Steiner to crawl to his corner for the Hot tag! Koloff is in with right hands on Jake, multiple hard Irish whips, a back elbow, body slam, flying shoulder blocks, and goes to run the ropes again, but is nailed with a rude knee to the back from the apron. So rude. Allowing Roberts to cradle Nikita up for the pin. And Nikita Koloff is eliminated. I mean, if it wasn't going to be him, it was going to be Super Invader. (laughs) Sting then jumps at the ring Attacking the snake Knocking him backwards into a tag to Super Invader Speaking of the devil But the Sting continues with a back body drop A body slam Elbow drop And a running face plant For the pin And I love Sting's like pink Pink pants, pink boots So cool Yep. Super Invader is eliminated You knew Before the match started Rick with a Steiner line on Vader, followed by a German suplex. Comes off the second rope, only for Vader to catch him and deliver a power slam. Oh my god, no. Vader hits a Uranagi and a middle rope splash for a two count on Rick. The Ravishing One then comes in with a front face lock, with Steiner working hard to make a tag, only for the ref to not see it because of a Jake distraction. Vader hits a body slam and goes up for another second rope splash, which Rick catches him for a power slam, makes the cover, but Rude breaks up the pin attempt. Vader then goes for a suplex, which Rick floats over, lifts Vader up onto his shoulders, mm. with Scott coming off the top rope <laughs> to, hit, shoulders. to hit the doomsday device. But the ref sees him come off, and disqualifies oh, yeah. Scott. It's hot. I like that. 
Rick, I was like, Rick, are you going to do this? And I was like, he didn't. He tried, but like, I also tried. don't want him to do it because no. I didn't want my man to die. That's my man. Like, can't have him dying out here. <laughs> and But, you know, I appreciate the attempt, but you shouldn't have even tried. No. Maybe like if he like pushed him from behind <laughs> into it or something, because, you know, Scott Steiner's a big boy. That's a lot of force. And then there's another spot here enough. where I think I have that same thing of, Maybe you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So Scott Steiner is eliminated. Smart smart elimination. Rick with a Steiner line to send both him and Vader over the top to the floor, and Rude and Roberts jump in the ring to start brawling with Steen. Vader goes for a power bomb on the floor, only for Steiner to reverse it into a back body drop. Yes. And then the ravishing one is rolled out to the floor as well to deliver a rude awakening to Rick. Vader then rolls back into the ring, but Steiner is unable to make it back and is counted out. So Rick Steiner is eliminated. Oh, man. So we have Sting versus Rude, Roberts, and Vader. I got Not looking good for the good guys. No. And so, so like, what is the Rick... He's been doing it a lot, but the Rick Rude, like, scissor thrust thing? It's just a double thrust? Double throat thrust? Yeah, it's just one of those things, like, you don't see it a lot, but Rick Rude, it's, like, yeah, it's become like a, a signature move of his. It's like a thumb to the eye, in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, just like, kind of dirty. In the throat. But. Stinger with a sunset flip on Vader, only for the big man to just drop down. But Sting had moved in time. Stinger with a face plant on Roberts, rubbing his face in the mat. Hits a Stinger splash and locks on the Scorpion Deathlock. Only for Rude to hit a clothesline from the apron to take Sting down. Triple team on Sting in the corner, but he fights out, hitting a running face slam on the Ravishing One for a two count. Jake is put on the Snake Handler's glove in the corner. Oh my gosh. As Sting hits an atomic drop, a slingshot suplex, only for Vader to come off the top rope with a splash on both the Stinger and Rude. But the slingshot, that he uses, I guess that's what it is when he uses the the rope, it's beautiful. That I love splash it. looked I love it so much. bad because he basically came down on Rude's head. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a little nasty. So the ref must have eyes in the back of his head because he saw Vader come off the top rope as well because he was literally turned looking at, at I would Roberts argue in the corner. that all good refs have eyes in the back of their head. So Vader is disqualified and eliminated. Jake then grabs the ravishing one drags him over to the corner to make a tag, then grabs Sting and hits the DDT. Oh my gosh. For the pin and, and the win. win. So Ravishing Rick Rude and Jake the Snake Roberts are your winners. And that finish of him pulling him to the corner and making the tag. Yeah. So good. That was good. There was just uh there's Heels a little too much slop in this match for me. Come on though. It was uh it was what it was. It just wasn't what I wanted it to be. And this will be the last time we see the Steiners mm. in WCW for some time. It hurts. It hurts they so head bad. up north. It hurts so bad. I knew it. I knew it was coming, but I knew it when they got respectfully DQ'd, basically, out of this match. <laughs> so JR tells us that 88% of the vote for the top rope was positive. Yeah. So it Woo. will be rescinded. I feel like all this phone call stuff is bullshit because their percentages are always so stupid. It's like 88%. It's like, come on. 
give me 87, give me 86, 88. It's always like 66%, yeah. 59%, or I like, like 41%. It's like, yeah, 88%. I feel like it's a word. Tillman to jump There's probably the all the people in the, in the crowd at this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the old timers. Mm-hmm. JR continues by hyping up other shows in, that are coming up, including Halloween Havoc. Hey, what? Halloween Havoc's coming up? Spin the wheel. Make the deal. Oh, yeah. And then he sends it to a mini-movie for Halloween Havoc. Mm-hmm. Which is the coolest thing ever. We see the moon is out, and Medusa opens up a door to the underground. Pretty. She's let into a room with a group of men chanting, Spin the wheel, make the deal. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Everyone's covered in leather and liquor. <laughs> we see a Hannibal Lecter-like person in a cage before Medusa is led to a lever attached to a wheel. We then see a guy polishing his sword, <laughs> and it's not a metaphor. Damn it. And Jake is in the corner of the room. Just smirking. You can tell that it's not shot. Like, it's shot, like, from his home. Yeah. Medusa's then handed different knives before going back to the lever. And all of a sudden, Sting busts into the door and the crowd goes silent. They're all bad guys. And for your listening pleasure, Michael is going to reenact Sting and Shane is going to reenact Jake in this mini-movie. And action. Sting! I knew you'd come. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, I'm here. What's the deal? I'm going to finish where I started in Baltimore. When I get done with you, you will wish you'd never been born. You talk too much. Get to the point. What's the deal? Relax. What's your hurry? I'm going to take my time and enjoy the moment. Cut the crap. I don't want to have to come over there and kick your... Sting, you don't get it, do you? You don't have a clue. Look around you. This is my playground. These are my people. I'm smiling, not you. It's come down to this. You see, the deal is on the wheel. At Halloween Havoc, your worst nightmare will come true. Twelve of the toughest and most brutal matches in wrestling. You see on the wheel, there's a cage match, a barbed wire match, a death match. There might even be a mystery match. But you see, the deal is, you gotta step up and spin the wheel. Once you spin it, where it stops is what you and I are gonna do. And what happens? Well... We both go in the ring, one man comes out, the other, well, no. You think I'm afraid of some wheel? You think I'm afraid of you? Step out of the fog, Sting. Clear your head. You're not thinking. I'm the master of all these matches. This is a no game for me. This is fun, but it's not a game. We play it on my turf and on my terms. So good luck, Sting. You're gonna need it. What are you waiting for? Let's do it now. Sting grabs the lever. Sting, grab. And the wheel begins to spin as the crowd is chanting again. Spin, spin the, the wheel, make the deal. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Robert's and Stinger's eyes lock. Lasers begin to fire out and the screen explodes. <sighs> to be continued at Halloween Havoc. Sting. Confused. We're back to JR and he's standing there with all the executives of WCW to say their goodbyes. And I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Clash of the Champions 20? I'm here for the olds. The old people, the old champions. 
the grumpy old men. <laughs> Show solid, but I just love the like the big night feel of it, even though we don't quite get a big night match. Like, but I just love the presentation of the way the show starts and the just the honoring of wrestling on like this channel. I think that it's really cool and they don't overdo it or jam it down your throat too hard, but I just think it's it's real nice. Made me feel good. And outside of that, like the show's solid. I've got no huge complaints about any of the matches. How about you, Shane? You think I'm afraid of some wheel? <laughs> I, are we doing that again? No, no, no I'm just kidding, because you paused. Yeah, oh, it got off to a hot start with, uh, I mean, you got Sting arriving on a Harley. Yeah. Oh, you're going, yeah, that, yeah, far. I mean, going that far back. That's, I mean, a hot, that's, that's, that's a how hot you reel in the audience. But yeah, the, the first match with Steamboat and Austin, I mean, that's a legendary matchup right there yeah. that you would pay to see in, in any year. I mean, hell, you could have 65-year-old Steamboat come back and wrestle 55-year-old Austin now, and I'd still want to watch it. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if they were like, okay, no arm drags and no stunners, I'd be like, I still want to see it. <laughs> but I don't know. It just it started to go a little downhill for me from there. I wanted to be excited about the, the Bobby Eaton arm Michael P.S. Hayes duo, oh. which I was, but then you had the you had him going against Greg Valentine and Dick Slater, and it was just, meh. except for that sick punch that Bobby threw at <laughs> his face, because yeah, that was just bam. Oh, it, it was it was kind of a you can't see my hand in front of the microphone, but it's like the roller coaster deal. I would my thing with Clash of Champions is that like it's not quite. I don't expect what I would want out of a pay-per-view. It needs to be, like, solid big names in, like, solid good matches. Like, I don't even need great here. I yeah. just need to be good so people, to, like, hook people in and, like, to continue feuds and, like, to, you know, maybe have a title change I mean, in eight minutes. Because all these matches are only eight minutes long. You can't get mad at an eight-minute match as long as you have the workers that are that are on these this show True. is kind of how I feel about it. So I don't have as high expectations. I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, because all the matches, they're, they're fun. Yeah. They're, there's not a whole lot of substance to any of them. But none of them, and a lot of it I think is because none of them get enough time. Yeah, to, there's, to only make, five, there's only five matches. There's five matches. Yeah. They got them in in two hours. There's lots of... The extra stuff. Yeah, the shortest match is the is it is the first tag match with Arn Bobby. Yeah, but the show's not an essential watch no. by no. any means. But it is a quick and fun watch. I give it a, a a big old thumbs up, as in like throw it on. That's Just exactly. throw it on if you're like I want to watch some wrestling. I don't think that you would be disappointed, and I think that all of the like the 20 anniversary thing really makes it. Really, like, if it, if that wasn't there, then maybe I'd be like, yeah, this is fine. But, like, I think that that makes it special enough that it's yeah. that it keeps your attention and Absolutely. they really do it, like, tastefully yeah, in the time that's allotted. Yeah, it was definitely more, more the, the clips and stuff that they showed were what were keeping my attention over some of the matches. The actual matches, yeah. yeah. Good, where, where's the smart marks at? All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So, what are some of the best moments of the show? 
I know that little reading. That, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved all. I mean, the like, mini movie is great. The mini movie in its so own great. little way. Yeah, the, the mini movie is great. The acting is atrocious. Like Sting, Sting, I love him to death. Yeah. but he is not good as an actor in no. this in this little mini movie. I honestly, for me, like the the heel v heel tag match was something that I wasn't expecting and I was excited for, and I thought it was fun given the time allotted. I had a really good time with that, and and the last match. The main event, your WCW Survivor Series match, was what I want out of Survivor Series. It was quick. Everybody got their shit in. Everything made sense, and I really, it really held my attention. I really liked it. And Hercules teamed up with Jake again. Or sorry, Super Invader. Yes. I mean, you guys are missing the best moment of all. Brian Pillman. Oh my gosh, you're right. Truth. You're so right. I was thinking of the matches. But yeah, the Brian Pillman heel turn definitely got the most energy out of me. Where I was just like, mine, my like, I could, my hair was standing on end. I was like, oh my god. I mean, I think that's the the thing about this show is most of the best. I mean, you you mentioned it basically here just a minute ago. The best moments of this show and what kept you interested in the show was not the matches. It was but, all of the. Out of ring stuff. Yes, I mean the, the matches, matches were, were solid. They're we've fun. seen we've seen pay per views with like exactly more with a lower success rate than this. Yes, definitely. But I mean, all the extra stuff was excellent. It was super great. Yeah. Like the way that it opens with like the the, the red red, red, the red carpet, carpet and the red yeah and, and the scrapbook and like the commercial breaks. With missing all the having stuff. an orgasm. <laughs> she was hot to trot. We already went over this. How about most disappointing? Honestly, the crowd was not exciting. It I mean, felt half the crowd, half was the crowd the, was, was like the, the old executives, executives and the old of, people, so. yeah, and it's like it was like I just didn't. It felt like a dead crowd, and I feel like that but it might have been easier to get it, behind stuff with. There was twenty minutes of stuff happening between matches too. So yeah. And like Ron Simmons Cactus Jack, I expected I expected Ron Simmons Cactus Jack to have a little bit more like fire go a little bit longer. It never really got to. I mean, it, it, the finish just kind of like happened where I was like, I needed another two minutes. So that's well, one of my that's, disappointments too. That was like I said when we covered it. It was like it felt like they planned a twelve minute match. Yeah, and it got cut to like seven minutes. Yeah, I think before they went like out eight, because but Ron you know, just would, no, yeah. like you goes down on that. Elbow to the floor, which should keep down people for at least a, a minute yeah. or so, you know? Yeah, both these guys weigh the same, and one is strong. And, and then one is the Simmons, just, Simmons just rolls in, and it's like, okay, spinebuster, power slam, yeah. game, set, match. Yeah, it was it was no, like, Sting, Cactus Jack, no DQ match. <laughs> like, it wasn't, but they didn't have the time, so, you know. But that was kind of my biggest disappointment, because I wanted a better defense for Ron that kind of got to like at least half a fever pitch where this one just kind of was like mm, it was, it was started and it was like alright I'm getting into this and then all of a sudden it was over and I was like well I want more time yeah. just want a little more time I mean I disliked that the Barbarian won that match against Rhodes and Wyndham yeah because Rhodes and Wyndham are considered one of your best tag teams and now you have this just like thrown together tag team just coming in winning but it is on Clash. No, but so knowing it. in the future that they're trying to heat up those guys, but that's the, I get it. But I was surprised point, by it, but surprised by it. That's in a what's good most way. disappointing for me is 
Ron Simmons is a champion. This is something that they should be doing something with and making it a big deal. And his first... I mean, it's his first one we've seen. Yeah, yeah first, first, so like, his first televised defense. defense is against Cactus Jack, which, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not at the level that he was, you know, six years from when this show happens. But, you know, he's, he's not somebody that's seen as a, a viable contender in my eyes. Just because he was no, the, no. the whipping boy who needed all these extra people to That's the thing. He him. takes the loss and he has he's pulling strings. But then they're building up Barbarian and Butch Reed to be Ron Simmons' opponents. And those are two of the most boring people to have one-on-one matches with. And uh, I'm so not so down on it as you guys are. We but know your Butch Reed love. It's fine. I like Doom. I like we Doom, We know you're too. wrong. So. Like when Doom, Doom fights each other, nobody wins. I know. I've seen it before, <laughs> and it was not what I wanted it to, but I also didn't hate it. I like Doom. Like, you bring in you bring in the Barbarian, you bring back Butch Reed. You know, when is the Warlord going to show yeah. up? When are we going to get, you know, Cousin Luke coming over to, to have a championship shot? If I had a... They're, they're pulling at the bottom of the barrel of yeah. people who are big, but don't have the... Simmons is the champion, but he's basically be, be, being presented as a mid-card yeah. guy. Yeah, I was bu- I'm always bummed you got whenever the Austin the and Steamboat fighting for the TV championship, and you've got the champion of the actual company fighting Cactus Jack. Yeah, but Austin is somebody they could potentially like build up. Cactus Jack is never somebody that they're going to put on put the title on at this point. And could. Austin's also pretty young at this point. And Steamboat, we all know, is a notorious flake. They could build him up. They could, yes, of course, but like he's still. <laughs> But instead, so they want to build up people like Cactus Jack and Cactus Jack's Barbarian a workhorse. He's a good character. And Butch Reed. How about best performer of the night? Jake is always great. Jake's good here. But I'm real. I mean, we've all been really high on Rude lately. But I mean, I don't think there's any bad, particularly bad performances on this show. But I mean, also, Pillman's heel turn. But that's not even on the show, technically, right? I'm giving best performer to you two for the reenactment. Uh, <laughs> well, I would like to give. Um, it had me. Yeah, if the award is split in half, I'd like to glue it back together and give it to Shane because I think he performed better than I did. Um, but I was glad I think... that I was there for, it, and hopefully, I was good enough line reading so you could maybe get the nod at the uh, Tonys, right? You led your rhymes perfectly, man. Thank you. <laughs> best performer for me. I'm gonna give it to. Uh, a local, I'm gonna give it to old Megan oh. Sheehan at the very beginning. That was Her super charming. Rendition I of thought the it was national very anthem. I liked so. it. There you go. Yeah, this show is good. This show is a is a like soft thumbs up. Where you're like, where it's just it's just a soft thumbs up. You're just like, yeah. Watch it for no the strong complaints. Watch it for the opening match. Watch it for the the the, the Pillman heel turn. Yeah, and then you know do some dishes with the plan. It's in the about background. to be fall. You wake up. Too early one day. It's 7 a.m. It's nice and crispy outside. You make a cup of coffee. You sit down. You watch this for two hours. You start your day. It's got the whole day ahead of you. This isn't a bad way to start. Or it's 4 o'clock in the morning and you can't fall back to sleep. So <laughs> oh, pop this Get through the heel boo. turn. And then, you know, wake up at the end for the mini movie. Boo. And now for a look back <laughs> even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish... After Ric Flair and Harley Race had their classic matchup at Starcade 1983, they would continue to feud all around the world. 
the two would make their way to Wellington, New Zealand on March 20th, 1984, where Race would win the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship for the eighth and final time in his career. The two would match up again three days later in Kalang, Singapore, where Ric Flair would take back the belt for his third reign and would hold on to it until a whirling wind of a man would step to take his chance. I love the, like, how many times did NWA go to fucking New Zealand and Singapore? It's like, yeah, you gotta give them a title change. So fun. And it's like, oh, there's these aren't being on TV. I just love that idea of... It's like, oh yeah, we don't go, we don't go to these yeah. countries. We gotta get, we gotta get them. We gotta build it up was the fans. Basically, a gentleman's agreement between the two. Oh yeah, yeah no, it totally to was. But I think that I think that it's cool. Is all I'm saying. I like that a lot. Where I'm like, yeah, we Rick know what's got up. In trouble when he got back. Yeah. It. It's like, yeah, you gotta give it to him. Like, do you guys want to only be? That's how you build fandom outside of world champion. You need to go around yeah. the world. And also, that's how you build fandom. It's like people, you know, if. WWF does a house show in New Zealand. I mean, granted, they didn't. This stuff wasn't televised at times. So like, so you gotta change the title to keep those people interested. Because if they go there and like nothing happens of any note, then they just saw the same thing that they see on TV all the time or whatever. But I think that that's. I always love the the quick title changes on tours that are never recorded. It's just like yes, I I just I just like it. Next week, Halloween Havoc 1992. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. Mm-hmm. Come on, Sting. Sting, Sword. grab. <laughs> you guys excited for that one? I'm ready for a real, for a good Halloween Havoc. I'm excited to cover it. Uh, I just want, <laughs> I just want, I want there to be a good Halloween Havoc because we haven't seen one yet. They've been a little rough so far. They have. Yeah, and it's like we've talked about it before. Incredible name for a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Still kind of hope they would bring it back. Yeah, right. If they do, it'll just be like a Wednesday night show in in Georgia. NXT takes over Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Music from this week's show is the theme from Clash of the Champions and Dark Shadows by Brian Bennett. That's Jake Roberts. The, the theme Music. from... Oh, New that was Music. the... Yeah. Was that the rock song that was like pretty heavy? Yeah. I liked that a lot. If you like this show or any of our other ones that we have, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. We're still taking recipes if you want to send us those. Cause Shane always needs ideas. I do. We're, uh, we're, we're going to be in We're going to be in Georgia a lot. Eat a peach, man. So if you have any Georgia recipes that you can think of, something inspired. We're going to do peach cobbler, peach uh, pie, peach bellini, uh, uh, peaches over my hammy. Peaches and cream. There we go. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Wrestling Histo X. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Laters! Sting grabs the lever. Sting grab. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 
<laughs> like, what? what are you here for? <laughs> I'm still in. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I work. Uh, yeah, I work medicine. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. <laughs> Sting grab. What the hell? Huh? Okay. So. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> yeah.